0: hi fam i'm katie and this is Ginny, and And we we are are the gabby Gabby girls
1: welcome to episode two of gabby girls how are you today jen
0: i am so good summer friday living for it Mm. um and like coming into a long weekend too yeah morale is high around here
1: how about you (laughs) that's great we got uh, a really good bill of inspection for our house so we are officially purchasing it in florida so the deed is done we've sent money and we will own it on july 18th which is bananas (laughs) oh
0: my god that is so exciting so your trip was good this week Um, then by the way she went to florida this week (laughs)
1: Mm-hmm, hmm yeah, really good news. Um, the, ins- the only, like, little minor cosmetic things, but the inspector said we have a really good house, and, you know, our realtor said it was good. So, life is good. I'm happy. Amazing. Life is good. Heard that. All right, so let's jump in. For the Bravo fans that we're hopefully going to acquire, we are seeing that Raquel is reportedly in negotiations for filming. We also saw that yesterday, Ariana and Katie are filming. What do we think about that, Jin? How are you feeling about it? Okay, so here's the
0: thing. I understand that Raquel is like, good for the plot at this point, you know? Mm. She's mm-hmm. she's going to be good for the plot because she's stupid. She's dumb. Um, she makes dumb choices. She says dumb things. And that is the reason why I honestly prefer not to have her (laughs) um I don't care if she's good for the plot I like can't stand watching her I hear her talk and just it like makes me crazy honestly and all the other cast members are pretty fucking quick (laughs) so to watch her with them I don't know I if she decides not to come back like I won't be sad
1: I also think it's just a little questionable after last season. And I'm just like, can't you just take a year off? Like, we know that Bravo production will always take you back, especially if you leave it on the note that you just did. If you take a year off, they're going to get you back in 2024 or 2025. Take a break. Give yourselves some. Right. Like,
0: I feel like her soul was so dark. Like, watching the last episode of the reunion i i i know exactly what you're saying like she should take some time
1: like it's darkness and darkness her and sandoval i'm not a medical professional so i probably shouldn't be diagnosing but i think there is something wrong with her you know and i think either she's a narcissist (laughs) or she has borderline personality disorder or something is up and i don't think these six months or whatever it's been since she's been not filming i don't think that's enough time for her to like figure out, heal, and work on the journey forward. She's also so young that I'm like, you have a lot of time left in the spotlight. Like, just come back when you're mentally sound because we don't want, like, another, like, Kanye moment but for Raquel. you know,
0: Right. Like, we don't need another Britney. I mean, we only have one Britney. That's good. And you're absolutely right. Like, she has time. She mm-hmm. has the time. Like, she can come back when she's well because she is not. Yeah. Um. Yeah, hard to watch. And the crazy thing for me is, like, for this whole season, I know that you didn't, like, watch the whole, every episode, but she notice how she, like, never cries when she talks about any of this stuff, only really when she's, like, Sandoval's going to get mad at her. But it's just so funny because on the first episode, she was, like, crying with, she was crying about how she, she's aged out of pageants. I remember And that. I'm just, like, from the, that first episode to the end, I'm just, like, Girl. Like, look where you came – Where look where you're at now. Like, this is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, your biggest worry used to be pageants, and now you're, like, sleeping with your best friend. Oh, God.
1: Yeah. And I wonder if Huff. pageants kind of had a role to play in her lack of emotions and how kind of callous she's been because you have to be so cutthroat and passionate pageants and you have to act like you are not really a person I wonder if she's just kind of adopted that and that made that her outside persona
0: yeah I would think that's probably has something to do with it because you're totally right like it's pageants are like catty and all of that and you have to be
1: cutthroat <laughs> um i guess you do and you have to be cold yeah you have to have thick skin to you know a just walk around in a bikini and have people judge you and tell you what they don't like about you yeah but then to deal with the inner workings of all the other contestants and the coaches and your parents and the glam and all the things that come with pageanting you're dealing with a lot of fucking criticism you're dealing with a lot of people who are telling you all the bad things about yourself not necessarily the good things about yourself so i feel like she is almost kind of immune to it. And I'm, I'm watching some of the older seasons and I just see the way that James is with her. And I think that that relationship also hardened her. I think basically she's just been like trodden down and now she doesn't really know right from wrong because she's just been treated wrongly a whole lot in her life.
0: Absolutely. And I also think that like with the pageants and stuff, like you're not just competing for yourself, right? Like you're competing for your parents and your coaches and all the other people that put this together so mm-hmm. she's kind of always, from my perspective, I'm, I don't know her life, but from my perspective, it seems right. like for a long time, she's had someone kind of like telling her what to do. Like when she was with James, he mm-hmm. was telling her what to do and directing her. And now she's like, you know, on her own, which is fine, but it's tough that it's on TV. <laughs>
1: Well, it wasn't obviously fine for her because then she went for the the exact same type of person who's controlling and narcissistic and is going to tell her exactly what to do and how to move and how to act. And she is attracted to that. So she should do some inner work about why she's attracted to people who run her life. Maybe she should learn on how to run her own life.
0: Right. Like Ariana said it best. She literally looks for her worth in men. And it's so clear to see. Like we watched it happen twice. Like motherfucking clockwork.
1: (laughs) Super sad. Yeah. So do we think Sandoval is filming? Okay. So
0: I read today that he's filming a different show, which this is just killing me. Um, so he's on, he's filming right now, season two of the show called special forces world's toughest test. And it's basically like a show about celebrities that are trying to survive these like brutal challenges and conditions. And the challenges are made up or set by ex special forces. Um, I don't know if if we're talking about the same Sandoval here, because I just I mean, I can't picture that. It's absolutely cracking me up. All I can all I keep picturing is like, you know, the surviving barstool. They're like barstools version of Survivor. They post it on YouTube. Like I literally just keep picturing that like Sandoval is just like, I don't know, disastrous. I can't
1: imagine that. Yeah, no, yeah. I can't imagine that. Like what if he chips a nail? Is he gonna That's is what I'm... he gonna halt production?
0: Right. <laughs> like are they gonna fix his gel manicure there? Like I can't imagine. <laughs> I it's killing me. So I'm like, I just I and I know he's gonna come back. I have a feeling he'll be back. Like he loves this He
1: has to be there the, yeah. Bravo is not stupid enough to get rid of him. Bravo may limit his interactions with other people or they may kind of segment him out him out, but he is certainly getting a rollback because he brought in so many viewers. There's just Oh yeah. Money, money is money is the is the goal here. And
0: he's like such a diva. I feel like him not starting filming now. He's like living for this. Like I, he probably signed up for this show just so that he would have to start filming late, so that people would be talking about him.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, percent. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, and then. What do we feel about Schwartz? How do we think his storyline is going to go through this this um season? I think he is just going to get battered. That's what I think he's going to get. I'm just
0: picturing I'm picturing him just like working for Katie and Ariana just slinging sandwiches. Like they're going to have him on the line. <laughs> like I just I don't even know. I I feel like he's he can't win here. There's literally nothing he can do to win. And I and I and I get that. Like, he, that's his best friend, Sandoval, right? He, he knew that things were going on. Like, we knew that. Um, it came out on the show, but still, he's, like, so whiny about it. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. an accomplice, this and that. But, like, if you knew for that long and you didn't say anything, you are. You are. Yeah. Like, he's literally old yeller, like, claiming his innocence and, like, begging people to, like, not him with
1: Sandoval but you are like watch the show brother yeah and he's just like I just he's just kind of a dud like he's just kind of like this like lump on a log like I'm like barely like a (laughs) basset hound maybe more like he's just like like Eeyore yeah he's like dopey he's like sad like I'm like come on man pick it up get some caffeine in you he just he just like (sighs) needs to I don't know he needs to and just I don't know always like kind of the moon face like I don't know what's going on yes you do all right right you, get a better you can't play stupid feed. forever
0: like you just can't do it and he fucked things great. up with Katie like he's just
1: fucking things up and and which I I don't I don't think she was good for him necessarily the way no. that I like she I think she she pounded him down even more than he already was that's the vibes I'm getting in older seasons
0: for sure. But oh. I do think that, like, since they broke up, Katie has definitely grown. And, like, this version mm-hmm. of Katie is beautiful and could be so good for Tom. And I, he's probably
1: watching that, like. I bet so, too. I bet he's probably a little bit regretful because I think she is, you know, as as women typically do after breakups, we, we go through a glow up. Yep. And, um, yeah, I feel like he's probably struggling a little bit with that one thing i wanted to talk to you about today was this concept of friendship and what prompted me to kind of uh to want to talk about this is because you've known me for a very long time and i admittedly i struggle with friendship i always have It has never been my strong suit. I don't really know why. It's always something I've really longed for, but I've always had a hard time fitting in. Even I remember from when I was a kid, I always really wanted this best friend, this platonic soulmate, this really idea of like a person that just understands me. Um, and I don't really have that. I've got different friends for different things, which I think is healthy, but I don't have this one person who is like my lifelong ride or die, who I, you know, is my chosen sister or whatever else we want to call it. I think friendships are difficult enough in childhood because you're going through hormones, competitiveness you know goals towards the future school all that kind of stuff but then in adulthood it's a whole different set of challenges with getting together and then for me it's connecting on deeper issues versus surface level stuff because i'm not really a surface level girly i want to talk about important things like i don't care about the weather i don't care about you know what treatment you got at the med spa last week. Like I want to talk about real ass things. And so it's been really hard for me to find women that want to talk about the things that I want to talk about and in the depth that I want to talk about them.
0: I, well, I think this is why we're friends because I struggle with the same thing. Like I, I don't like to go out. I don't like to do those things. First of all, because I don't have a partner to do that with. Like if I had a buddy, if if we were together, like, yeah, we'd be doing things, but I f- mm-hmm. I always find like when I go out I never meet people. I never like if I do it's just uh, like again surface level shit and I'm just not like that. Like I got to ask a lot of questions. I want to know all the details and I want to like talk about everything, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so I know exactly what you mean. Like it's so hard especially as an adult like to meet people. You leave college and you know there you had like roommates and classmates and this and that and then all of a sudden you're an adult and you're like how how do I even speak with someone? Like, how would and I meet someone? Yeah, like, it is so yeah. hard. And I know there's, like, Bumble for friends and stuff, but, like, I just... I don't know. I don't.
1: It's, I I've tried it. It is so hard. It is so. Cause you feel like. Yeah. I can't even tell you how many times I've been ghosted. And I'm like, man, this is like rejection that I've never felt like before. Like guys don't reject me like this. You never, know, they didn't. Like all these girls are left me me, leaving me on red. And then I'm like, do I double text? Is that annoying? <laughs> What's the protocol for Bumble BFF? I don't fucking
0: know. <laughs> right, And it's like, also, I barely have the energy to like text back, right? Like the three people that I do have in my life. Like I'm going to go on Bumble and just make small talk. Like, ah, no, I'm not. I just can't, <laughs> I just can't do that.
1: I agree. So one thing I want to talk about regarding this is so, and this kind of goes into my childhood stuff and kind of my like issues of feeling excluded. That's really like my trigger. If I feel excluded in events or if mm-hmm. people don't want me around, like I very much just shut down and will leave because I just, I, if you don't want me around, I won't be around. So that's kind of my mentality. I have felt like that since I was a kid. I've always felt like no one really wanted to claim me as their friend. They never wanted to call me their best friend in public, but in private they would, or like I would be a convenience friend or the person that they're calling me at midnight to cry to, but you know, they won't post an Instagram of me, they won't tag me, they won't, you know, and that may seem surface level and petty, but for me, that outward expression of friendship and relationship means a whole lot to me because I've never really gotten that. And even in Mm -hmm. my adulthood, I'm kind of going through this struggle internally with this person in my life who claims me as a friend in private when it's convenient, but then won't claim me in a group setting or in public. And I've had enough of it. I've had enough Ugh. of it. And I'm no longer pretending that we're friends for the convenience of the friend group or to make things easier. I'm over it. If you don't want me as a friend in public, you don't get me as a friend in private. And so that's really what prompted this conversation because I've been going through it this week feeling a little bit rejected by friendship. And it sucks. It really sucks.
0: I am first of all, let me start by saying this. I wish I could hug you. I am Thank so you. sorry. Um, because that sucks. Like I know, and I know especially like on top of this, obviously this is like an old wound for you, but on top of this, you have ADHD. So outing you, by the way. Um, so you notice everything. So like you pick up on that shit so fast where like people may think, you know, they're playing games with you and, oh, she would never notice. You notice like, you're not the kind of girl that you're going to not get tagged in a photo and you're just going to be like, oh, well, like goodbye is what you're going to say. Yeah. Um, and first of all, I want also want to say, second of all, I suppose, um, I'm really proud of you for standing up for yourself because you, it, this sucks, but sometimes you have to, like, teach people how to treat you without teaching them, right? Like, she, she, that wasn't right, what she did. And so for you to just basically walk away, like, you need to do that. Um, so you should be really proud of yourself as well. But I also don't even understand that. Like, why do you even want to have a friend that you're, that you don't, that can't be your friend, like to the world? Like what, what's even the point? What, what do you share that? I I don't know.
1: I, 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 that's what I, that's what I asked Boyd.
0: I, I'm, I'm like, I'm blown away. I said, I don't get it. Why
1: isn't she proud of being friends with me? What about me does not make her proud to be around me?
0: It's a her problem. I, if I had to guess, it's a her problem. It's usually a their problem. Like it's an insecurity.
1: It definitely is, and I know I'm outspoken, and that might be it, you know, it's just because I am a strong personality, but it's like, you like that strong personality when we go out to dinner. Like, you like that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> And I know, I'm not, yeah, you
0: like that strong personality when you're with right? me, like, I'm and, and making
1: you laugh yeah. when we're doing fun things together. And I know I'm not for everyone. And that's like, that's not the burden that I'm bearing today. It's not like I'm like, oh, she doesn't like me. It's like you like me in secret. And you don't want to tell other people that you like me. You kind of want to go with the screen of other people not liking me. So you're choosing not to like me in front of them. And I'm just like, you know what, this is not for me. I'm removing myself from the situation. I'm unenrolling from this toxic relationship see ya girl, like call me when you've matured in 10 years because we'll probably get on better when we're in our 30s. (laughs)
0: Love that for you, living above the chaos. (laughs) Like seriously though, it's just like you don't, that doesn't need to be disrupting your peace. Like you don't need to be upset this week because this girl doesn't know how to be a friend or Mm -hmm. can't be honest. That's really what it comes down to, right? Like she can't be honest with her relationship with you. And yeah. yeah, she doesn't deserve your time. So I love Amen. you. Amen, brother. Yep. <laughs> I love you too. Virtual hug. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Virtual hug. A really tight one.
1: Oh, I feel it. <laughs> Good. I love you. Okay. So you you should talk about what you want to talk about today.
0: Okay. So I have struggled, as we're talking about deep wounds here, <laughs> Um, something I have struggled with for my basically whole life is my mental health. Um, I have struggled with like depression and anxiety and I have ADHD and I've been misdiagnosed a few times. And I last Wednesday, I was diagnosed bipolar and bipolar two. So bipolar two is basically just like the sad version of bipolar it's not fun like when you I mean not that bipolar is fun but when you have like your manic episodes you don't get all the way up as like as high as a regular bipolar person so it's hard harder to diagnose um and especially for me like I'm so aware of my feelings and like my actions and why I do things that you know every time I would be like speaking with a psychologist or a doctor and they'd be like oh do you have a manic episode and I'm like no, because to me, it doesn't feel like that. It just feels like I've been sad for like three months. And then I woke up on a Monday and I had all this energy and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to do all the things that I haven't had the energy to do. And I'm going to like, enjoy it. It's more of like an urgency to use your battery, I guess, Mm. while you like, while you have it, while you can, because oftentimes things aren't enjoyable at all. Um, And So when I was talking to the psychiatrist last week, I kind of like explained this to him when he, you know, we did all the questions and I was like, this is like why I don't feel like these are manic. And he just looked at me and he was like, you're doing a little too much introspection. (laughs) I'm like, okay, all right, I understand that, I got it. (laughs) A little too much analyzing per usual. But yeah, so I decided today um, that I'm not going to go on medication. I am, like, I've been trying different depression medications for, like, 15 years. And nothing has worked, and I'm, like, dried out right now. Like, I'm off everything. And so I'm going to take the natural route and, you know, do therapy, psychotherapy, whatever else I need to do. So welcome to the journey. (laughs) I guess we'll be talking about this too, a little bit. Um, yeah, but
1: yeah. Yeah, And I also sharing,
0: I want to say one more thing about you and this in regards to this. Um, I just remember, so I, I've like had, I always have these like days or wherever where I just like, don't sleep. Like my battery won't die. Red flag, by the way, uh, looking back, but, I remember that you would always like check in on me and be like, Hey, I saw that you were reading until 5. AM. Are you doing okay? Whatever. And I just like, I never forgot that by the way. So I feel like you spotted this long ago. (laughs) Um, And just like, thank you.
1: Yeah. No, well, thank you for sharing. And I love you. Yeah. I think, you know, we had a little bit, we talked about it last episode. We had a little bit of a tumultuous period in high school and, we rekindled in college, you know, within a couple of years. And I just think that I really realized that hurt people hurt people. And I knew it wasn't about me. It was about you in that situation. And, you know, the other situations that we had going through high school. And so I just like, I don't mean this to sound bad, but I felt bad. You know, I felt bad that you were hurting. Like I wanted to be able to be like a source of comfort or like a safe place for you because I didn't think you had very many safe places. And so that has been important to me for 10 years now, you know, since we've become close, I want you to be good. I care a whole lot about you and I want you to be okay.
0: Yeah. And you've like always made that clear. I know other people in my life will be like, oh, I'm here, I'm there, whatever. And I don't need that. Like that's, I don't know. I don't, I'm not looking for that, but like for you, you don't even, you don't come at me like, I'm here for you. You just come at me as like, what's going on? How are you doing? And I really appreciate that. And I love you. And that's why we're still friends.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Seriously. So how are you feeling being off all your meds?
0: It's so weird. Um, I, for a long time, was, like, feeling just, like, nothing. And now I'm, like, feeling everything. So (laughs) a lot of emotions. But it's kind of nice. Like, you're supposed to feel stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And for so long, I was just, like, surviving. Like, not... I didn't feel like I was like living life the way you're supposed to be, like not having a human experience, like just literally just getting through every day. Like the last like eight months before this were a blur. And then before that, I remember two weeks where I had energy and before that was a blur. And so it's just, it's kind of refreshing to be able to like cry and, you know, so it's been um, interesting, but good overall. I'm doing okay.
1: That's just so crazy to me because I feel so many feelings. Like I feel all of my feelings. I have no, I, I wish I, I, no, I don't wish, but I, I guess I could, I wish I a little bit that I could relate to the not feeling anything so that I could understand what you were going through, but I can only understand what you're going through right now because that's like my, that's what I've had to like work on throughout my life is like being able to feel all my feelings, but not let it like run me off track because feelings are fucking hard to regulate.
0: (laughs) I know. Like, I used to feel my feelings, which is so weird that, like, I used to. Like, I don't know. You remember when, so when I, after, like, a year after college, I, my boyfriend broke up with me. And Mm -hmm. um, I was, like, I didn't even like him that much. But for some reason, I, I didn't stop crying for a whole entire year. And then that, it literally came up on one year. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, this is so absurd. I don't even like this guy. Like, and I've just been crying like uncontrollably for an entire year. And that's when I started back on antidepressants. So my whole life has been like feeling too much, feeling nothing, feeling too much, feeling nothing. Um, yeah.
1: I really hope you get to the root. Of whatever that was, like, was it because you were tr- like we talked about last week, like holding on to a dream so much? Was it holding on to that dream of that relationship and the future that you saw with him, you know? Or was it the fear of the change? Was it the fear of the loss of the routine? Or was it just internal Ginny shit that didn't really apply to said man? It was just like all of your own stuff coming out.
0: I I think like it was a combination. So I have like so much, well, not, so. not anymore. I, I will, I will say that this is something I worked really hard on and I feel like I have overcome it. Um, but I used to really struggle with like security. So if I felt like I was like safe or secure with someone and then they were gone, I felt abandoned. And like, I would cling on to things so hard, just like, like reaching for anyone to just like save me. It's like, honestly how I can describe it. Like I would. Did was, you feel safe with him? I did feel safe with him, and like I felt safe with him, and but we weren't like in love. You know what I mean? Like I just, like looking back, it was like just a regular relationship. But I kind of had like romanticized it because I felt safe, and like growing up, I didn't have anyone I could talk to and like feel my feelings with, and that was always going to be there for me. I never had that, so. Yeah, that's something I struggled with in my all the way through my early twenties. It's just like, you can't like look for that in other people. You have to find it in yourself.
1: Yes. Yeah. This is the Boyd is the first male relationship besides my father that I've ever felt safe with. And I brought a fuck ton of baggage into this relationship, and I almost ruined us because I was so worried about him leaving me, and I was so worried mm-hmm. about him. Doing all the shit that I had, had done to me years past and in other relationships, and we we had some major sit down talks where he basically was like, y- "You are going to ruin us. You are going to be the reason why we break up because I'm not gonna I'm not going to do anything of those of the things that you're worried about. I'm not gonna cheat on you. I'm not gonna abandon you. I'm not gonna manipulate you or control situations or you know I'm not gonna lie to you and play with you. You know like I had." my toxic ex he would literally leave like my house after hanging out for a couple of days he would block my number and he wouldn't talk to me for two weeks i remember that straight dead dead silent fucking manipulative as hell and then he would unblock me and then come right back into my life acting like nothing happened and that was a continuous vicious cycle for like almost four years I thought that what that was love. I thought love was supposed to be hard and difficult and I just kept telling myself like we're just going to push through the bad parts because like that's what you do. You just push through the hard. Sometimes tough love, love hurts. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. Love never hurts, okay? It may mm-hmm. be hard and you may not love the per- you may not like the person right in that minute, but you're always going to love them, you know? But Boyd really taught me that love does not have to be difficult because our relationship is like the easiest thing I've, I've ever had to do.
0: That's amazing. Like you guys are a team. Like if something's hard for you, you're going to do it together. That's like such an amazing feeling. I that gives I have like the goosebumps. I'm so happy for you. And like you deserve this, you know, and it's so hard because you're so used to, you know, dealing with all that shit that you're bringing into this relationship and your feelings, you have walls up because you're scared that it's going to happen again And that often does manifest itself. Like you, you know, you push people away or whatever, and that happens. But the people who are meant to be in your life say, cut the shit. (laughs) Yeah. This is, I'm not that. And you found your person.
1: I did. Yeah. We both recognized that I was self-sabotaging and it was, it was, um, it was really destructive. It was really fucking toxic. And I was like, I refuse to be the toxic one in this relationship. Like, hopefully none of us are toxic, but like, I refuse to be the toxicity in this relationship because that's like, that's not who I'm trying to be today.
0: Right. I love that. It's like, it's, it's such a, it, it's such a hard thing to like grasp and, and like put into action. But once you do, it's like, shit, hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, you know, I went to therapy. I worked through some shit. Mm -hmm. Um, I got some reframing of these ideas, like these negative self ideas or negative feelings I had about myself. We reframed them, and I came to Boyd, and we we came to like one of them was um, I was misinterpreting my jealousy. Uh, I felt like I was being jealous, and my therapist kind of challenged me to rethink of it as my one of my fundamental needs was not being met. I wasn't jealous because I didn't want. It, it was about boys' night. Like a boy I would get jealous when Boyd would go to boys' night because he would go out and party until two a.m. But then when we would go, to go out to dinner, he would only have like two glasses of wine and then call it quits and like be on the couch to sleep by ten. And I was always like, "Well, how the hell are they getting fun, Boyd? But I'm getting like snoring, Boyd, sleepy, you know? Boyd. Yeah. yeah, like and so." my therapist was like, you don't want him to stop having boys nights. And I was like, no, I want him to have fun. And so she was like, I think this is a fundamental need not being met. I came to Boyd with that. We figured out a solution that worked for us. And we no longer have jealous, jealousy, quote unquote, issues in our relationship when it comes to going out with friends.
0: Communication.
1: Look at that. But it is crazy. Like you would have never thought of that on your own. Ever no. neither would I. I just like- I just kept talking shit on me. That's what I just kept talking shit mm-hmm. on myself. I was like, You're such a fucking loser. Like, why are you yeah. jealous? Like, what's wrong with you? Like another issue. You know, I just I was so mean to myself about it. And then
0: voila. And it's like it's like it feels internal and you know it's like maybe a little dramatic, so you don't want to say it to them. And yeah, it and that eats at you. Um 100%. majorly. Yeah. yeah. Um I I like kinda used to, you know, I used to deal with the same stuff of like not uh, just of like sabotaging relationships. Like I couldn't understand why other people would want to be my friend because I didn't like myself. So I would like ruin every relationship. I push people away. Like, because I straight up would be like, ew, what's wrong with you? Why do you like me? Like, that's how it felt in my head. Yes, And that is like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Like it's, that's so sad. (laughs) Uh, it's so sad
1: I feel like that's so relatable though because I think a lot of people have that I think a lot of people get the ick for people wanting to be friends with them because you're like what's why I'm weird yeah
0: why (laughs) like why are you interested in me and I also find (laughs) that a lot of people are interested in me and then they're like you're more than interesting you're a lot (laughs) like and they get like like I don't want to say bored because it's not bored but just like it's not as interesting anymore. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I for so long, I like had my walls up to that too. And just, yeah. Now it's like, stay or go. And I don't really care.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'm still going to be me without you. So.
0: Yeah. Nothing's going to change. You're not going to change one thing about me.
1: <laughs> not one thing. All right. Let's end this with some Titan follow-up. Tell me what you've brought to the table today.
0: Okay. So speaking of perspective, I have a little bit of perspective along with some facts. So, (laughs) okay, so debris was collected off the seafloor at 12,000 feet down, we know that, and it was 1,600 feet from the Titanic. Pretty convenient. Um, Human remains were also found, and those are gonna be brought to the U.S. for analysis. I just, right off the bat, I'm like, if something is imploding that far down, like, how are there remains? how does the ship just look like it's mangled? Like the ship looks mangled. It doesn't look like it just like imploded, you know? It's just whatever. So anyways, I was thinking about this and reading about this. And then I came across this guy who he was saying like, this ship is the first of its kind. There's literally nothing like this. This, like they're pioneers. Like it's hard being a pioneer, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. think about the first plane that flew. Like, it's like that. Um, Because all the other... Well, everything else that goes down there is a submarine, and it holds one or two people. So this ship is the first of its kind. It's not autonomous, and it can hold five people. So they really are trying to, like, break through into the ocean. And when you look at it from that perspective, I feel like it makes more sense what happened and how it happened. And Mm -hmm. it's... Mm -hmm maybe probably not a conspiracy like it's these people all cared about this like they wanted to build this ship and see the titanic and do it together and and it's sad it's actually really sad
1: yeah no it's sad i'm interested Mm -hmm. to see what uh what parts of the human remains remain i would assume it's probably just gonna be bones Because if there were any soft tissue or organs, I think that would either get disintegrated with being in the ocean for a week and then scavengers, you know, octopus fish, all that kind of stuff. I think they would probably eat them. So I'm really interested to see what bones tell us if that's all that there is. Um, Obviously hoping that there's like some lungs and stuff like that, because then we'll know if they drowned, if it was just... I don't even know what an implosion would be. Would it just be, like, off the force of the of the metal smushing them? Or is it the weight of the water that just instantly collapses? Like, I have no idea. Do you?
0: So, yeah. So, I, I was reading about it. And basically, like, it, when an implosion occurs, it's, like, in milliseconds. It's, like, all of a sudden, it just crushes. It just yeah. – it crushes. So, yeah. Like, there. I mean, I can't imagine that there's much – of these people. I, I honestly can't even imagine that there's like full bones, um, just based off of the pressure and and all of that. Mm. So I, I will be interested to see, but I understand why they're keeping the remains and all of that, like kind of on the low, because these are human beings. Yeah. Totally.
1: Yeah. I'm really, Mm -hmm. I, I'm really going to be interested to see if we get a cause of death because that I think will tell us so much, um, about what was going on down there.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. And like the skeptical side of me is still like, you know, looking for the conspiracy here. But the human side of me is like, listen, it's fucking hard to break ground and, you know, do all that. And you have to break rules. You have to push the limits. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested.
1: <laughs> I am too. And I think this, I don't think this will be the last that we hear of it. I think this is going to be an ongoing thing. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. they will make some sort of movie or TV show about it. Like HBO, you know, is starting to draft those papers, like getting those writers going.
0: Oh my God. This is like Netflix's wet dream. Like
1: they're like living for, they're already down there at the Titanic. Like they're already We're going to have document, like documentaries. And then we're going to have like, um, what are the ones that are like, uh, based on a true story, but then. Oh yeah. It's. (laughs) Yeah, um, like adding stuff to it. You know what I mean?
0: Um, what dramatized? (laughs) Thank you, Right? Yeah. Yes. yes. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also I was thinking about this too, in like I mean I don't know do schools even have textbooks anymore? It's like everything online. Uh, that's a weird thought. But anyways, now people aren't just going to learn about the Titanic. They're going to learn about Titan too because, wow, goes along with it. Yeah. Wait, I this just threw me on a tangent really quickly, can we talk about Kim Kardashian really fast? Yeah. Okay. So this just completely reminded me. So Marilyn Monroe, Kim wore Marilyn's dress. We know that, right? Mm -hmm. Kim, like, wrote herself into Marilyn Monroe's history by doing that. Mm -hmm. Like, the way that now Titan is a part of the Titanic's history. Mm -hmm. Like, Kim Kardashian now, like, is a part of Marilyn Monroe's history. Like, isn't that like sad and crazy that you can just like weave yourself into any fucking thing you want if you really want like literally people can look up like if you now if you google Marilyn Monroe and like that dress or whatever like you're gonna see Kim Kardashian in that dress too is she it's gonna be a thing like Mm -hmm. she wrote herself into Marilyn Monroe's history and I I just for some reason I just keep I get stuck on this like I it's crazy to me
1: I think it's just the power of celebrity that's really what it is. It, it
0: totally you know? is. I It totally is. Yeah. And it's just so weird how, like, they can do that. Like, she idolized Marilyn Monroe. Now she's, like, attached to her. Yeah. Wild.
1: I think it just comes with being an almost billionaire. Honestly. Yeah. That's what I think. I think because you get the... You have the power of money. You get to do whatever the fuck you want. And you get to be tied to whatever you want. And you can remove whatever you want off the internet if you want to.
0: Right. But Marilyn can't remove Kim. Like, right. shit. That's a fucking bummer. Because I'm not... like. I'm, I like watching Kim Kardashian because I think she's interesting, but I wouldn't, like, I don't like her because she's a good person. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't yeah. want people to be Googling me and, like, m- my most famous, like, performance and Kim Kardashian comes up. Like, it's just crazy.
1: I feel like Marilyn would be happy because Kim has changed the beauty ideal so much. And Marilyn was very For happy sure. in that. So I think
0: that she she pushes the boundaries and like doing that is even pushing the boundaries, but it's just like, you can weave whatever web you fucking desire when you have money. It's just so crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. That's another episode of Gabby girls. Thank you for listening. Make sure to comment, rate, review, and subscribe.
0: Let us know what you think of us and the topics we talk about. We're not for everyone and that's okay. Bye Jen. Love ya. Bye Kate. Love you more.